Welcome to Let's Go, where you will hear about lives that have been transformed by the power of God. You'll see and hear real stories of real people going to real places far away whose lives are changed as God uses them to impact the lives of others for His glory. Get ready to see people experience God's love and power. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Let's Go. I'm Darren Slack, your host, and I'm here with the founder of Heart of Titus Ministries, Tony Nardella. Pastor, how are you today? I'm doing great, Darren. How are you? Great, great. I have been so excited about our last few episodes talking about the issue of calling. Now, today, I want to look at the issue of gifts related to calling because one of the things that's in our hearts at Heart of Titus is setting people free to use their gifts on the mission field, at home, at church, to their neighbor across the street. We're about activation and equipping. Talk a little bit about that from your perspective of how important it is to activate the Church of Jesus Christ in their gifts. Well, there's nothing more important, you know. I mean, we've been given the command, the Great Commission, to go make disciples of all nations. And most people tend to pigeonhole the Great Commission into winning souls. And winning souls is wonderful, and you can't make disciples without it. But what is the reason why we get saved. Well, yes, it's to go to heaven. Yes, it's to get our sins forgiven. But it's so much more. That's just the beginning. You know, God has given us the joy and the privilege of being in His business. Uh, Just like Jesus said when He was 12 years old, I've got to be about my Father's business. Well, He's the prototype for the rest of us. He's the one we follow. He's the one we imitate. And I want to be in my Heavenly Father's business too. And the part of the business that he does is what Jesus did when he was on this planet and he shared with us. So for the first nine chapters of Matthew, for example, Jesus is going around the towns and villages of Galilee and he's healing the sick and he's driving out demons and he's raising the dead and doing all kinds of good things and preaching good news to the poor. And then he says the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers into the field. And so then Jesus answers his own prayer and he sends out 12 with the same authority. And so they realized right off the bat that they were given a purpose, a calling to not just follow Jesus and just listen to him, but to also do what he did. And that's why healing is so important because I think Jesus heals more than just about anything else he does um, in the Gospels. So... You've seen a lot of things happen on the missions field as a result of how God uses you to minister healing to the people you serve. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of comes with the missionary call, right? Uh, Just like he uh, said, just like Jesus said to the original apostles, just like Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them who believe. So if you're a believer, certain signs are going to follow you. And one of them is that you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. So yeah, we've seen a boatload of that. And there's a lot of reasons, I think, why God does that. But I think the biggest one is that God just has a big heart for His people and He loves them. He doesn't want to see them suffer. Now, you've had a lot of training in this area in terms of developing this gift. When did it start for you? When did you start seeing healing come through your hands and through your life? I, you know, I've been taught and I've been mentored in that. Uh, but Honestly, it started way before that. I got saved at the age of 23. I was married for about a year, and uh, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I'd read the New Testament, I think, once and gave my heart to the Lord. And after a few months of going to church, my wife was ready to give her heart to the Lord too, but she was not feeling good that afternoon. And so um, after I prayed with her, 
um, and she received Jesus into her life, this crazy idea came into my mind. I said, Lord, to confirm to her that she made the right decision, would you please heal her stomach cramps? And would you believe that in a moment after I, I prayed that, she jumped up, grabbed her belly and says, the cramps, they're gone. The cramps, wow. they're gone. And I had no idea that was healing. I had no idea that was anything. I knew that was God. Um, and so over the years, I've, I've kind of seen that when God wants to confirm um, a message or a messenger, he'll often uh, bring healing. Early in your experience with Christ, you saw healing come through your hands as you prayed for your wife. Did you see it as you prayed for others? Or did you have, did you talk to anybody about the gifts and how to operate in those things so you could do it? Or was oh, it my just, gosh, back I then, just knew how to do it? I hardly knew I was saved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was going to a church that didn't really focus on or teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit as being for today anyway. Um, I think it was about a year or so after that, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in my sleep uh, and spoke to my pastor about that. But he, uh, wow. he, he just kind of blew it off and said, well, you know, you could speak in tongues maybe once, but it doesn't have to be a normative experience. And, and so, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother story I know, but as far as healing goes, no, I didn't really see much application or think of much application of that for a long time. When did that happen for you? Well, I suppose um, in my early Christian walk, I was always praying like everybody else was for people to be healed, but I didn't really see much of an application until I started to be mentored by the pastor who taught me ministry. And I would just watch what he did. And you know, he had a tremendous healing gift and other gifts as well. And, um, and when we started going on mission trips and I started carrying his briefcase, um, and I was actually uh, catching people for him that were falling out in the Holy Spirit, um, I would see that quite a few people were getting healed. Um, but to answer your question more directly, it wasn't until they started sending me out into the little churches where they sent me that they had this church that we were visiting in South America was planting about a church a week. And so wow. they would send um, me out to those little home churches and whatever, maybe 30 people, 40 people. And, um, you know, usually they were very humble circumstances and you know going to a doctor usually wasn't an option for those people and so you know your heart would kind of go out to them and um, i would pray for them and you know and lo and behold some of them would get healed uh, so that was um you know it was it kind of happened almost accidentally it, it it partly designed partly prompted uh, by compassion so the holy spirit was showing you he wanted to move in these situations he moved you with it, you prayed, and some got healed. You're helping me remember a situation on one of my first trips with my pastor, and the crowd was so large, there had to be well over a thousand people, and it was just me and him praying for people. And as I'm, as I'm going along uh, in this sea of people, and I wasn't, and back then I didn't speak hardly any Spanish, and I didn't really know what to do, and I didn't have a translator with me, because I'm out in this sea of people just laying hands on them. And I looked at, I saw this, cute little girl, long brown hair. She's probably about 10 years old with a pretty dress. And I, I just kind of made a mental note. I mean, what a cute little girl, you know? And then she turned her head to me. She had this big tumor sticking out of the side of her head that I didn't see on the first glance. And so, I, you know, it just broke my heart. And so I brought her over to me and I just started praying. And I, and I said, Lord, you got to heal this girl. Lord, you got to heal this girl. Uh, and 
And all of a sudden, I heard this little thought in my mind. He says, no, Tony, you heal her. Hmm. And wow. that, that really stopped me because I thought that was blasphemy or something that, you know, that, no, no, God does all the healing. Well, of course he does all the healing. Yeah, but it's, he does all the breathing too because he gives me the ability to breathe, but I'm still the one that's breathing. Right. You know, healing, I've, I've learned that healing is a work that God has given him, the human race to do. It's something he's delegated to us. And so he really did want me to take the authority that I had in the name of Jesus to bring about the healing. And, and as far as I know, I don't know if she ever got healed because then um, I got whooshed out of the place and I had, to, I had to leave and I had no authority, so I had to go, you know? <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget that, because that made such a large impact on me that I should not feel guilty about laying hands on people. That's exactly what God wants me to do. We are His hands and feet on this planet to bring His great salvation to the lost and dying world. So what would you say to someone who says, well, why don't you just go into a hospital and start laying hands on the sick and see if we can get them all healed if that's the way this you works? Know, that's, that's a really great question. And you know, I would wish it would work that way, uh, but normally with me, it doesn't. I don't really consider myself to have a really astounding gift of healing. Uh, I have good friends that have incredible gifts of healing. Um, I, I know of one guy who went in as a missionary, went into a tuberculosis ward on Christmas day everybody got healed and they all went home and had Christmas dinner with their families. Wow. So we hear stories like that, uh, but to answer your question, why don't we just walk into hospital wards and do that? Uh, because you know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, I mean, if the Spirit doesn't really lead you to do that, um, then you know, is it a work of the flesh, is it not? Yes, God loves everybody, but you know, there's a, there's a place in scripture, I think, where Paul saw that, um, somebody had faith to be healed. And so you ministered and the guy gets healed. There's something about, there's a variety of variables that come into play and you just, it, it, like most things with God, you just can't predict necessarily what he's going to do in a lot of situations. Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, we know it says that the Holy Spirit manifests the gifts as he wills for the common good. That's how he works. So we're on a need to know basis. So if he is wanting to do something, he'll let us know that he wants us to go in and clear out a hospital as much as anything else. I think really that comes down to what you said earlier, and that is the confirmation of his preached word. I think it goes to compassion. I think it goes to a number of factors, faith in the room. I think there's a lot of things that we participate in that impact, you know, God's healing power, don't you? I do, um, and I could tell you some of the variables that will prevent healing. If, if there's unforgiveness that's deep in the heart of the person that's sick and who is desiring healing, um, I, you have to help them deal with the unforgiveness issue first because that, that's, just, that's just like a, a no-go. You just can't go there. I'm not saying God won't you know, ever, but 99% of the time, people who are dealing with active unforgiveness, uh, they, they don't get anything. Um, it's so, I spend a lot of my time in altar, you know, in altar ministry um, after discerning that to help people walk through um, you know, the, for the mercy and forgiveness that Jesus extended to us when he died on the cross, we should also extend to those who hurt us. And, uh, and sometimes, Darren, when I help them walk through that, and sometimes I said, look, you're gonna, 
pray through that for a few minutes. I'm going to keep praying and I'll come back in a few minutes and then we'll minister. And many times when I come back, I can see already that they've already been healed mm. because they went through the act of forgiveness. So unforgiveness is a big deal. Desperation is a big deal. Mm. Um, if there's, if, you know, it's maybe one reason why we don't see as much healing um, here in the United States is because we have plan B. We've got our insurance, we got the doctor, we got this. I've been to many places where, you know, doctors are just not an option. And God, and God just really has a tender heart for poor people. You know, it's interesting that in Luke 4, when Jesus announces his ministry, quoting the prophet Isaiah, you know, he says, I've come to preach good news to the poor. Uh, there's just something about people in a poor condition that I think uh, God is showing a little bit of favoritism toward. That's interesting because I think a lot of people would point fingers to say, well, you're not gifted because, you know, not everybody gets healed or you're not gifted because, you know, they'll come up with some reason for it. When in reality, there can be some real things in the way. The unforgiveness you mentioned, um, faith. I mean, what kind of role does faith play in this process? Some people say, well, you didn't have enough faith to be healed. I mean, that's a tough one for people because you have people that are really sick. They really believe God can heal them and they didn't have enough faith and it didn't work. I mean, how do you respond to that? Boy, that is kind of hard. Uh, the, only, the only scripture I see in connection with that is when Jesus came off the Mount of Transfiguration and the nine disciples, that were the apostles that were left behind were trying to drive a demon out of a demon-possessed boy, and, uh, but they couldn't. And when, uh, they, when the father brought the boy to Jesus and you know Jesus says to his own disciples, uh, call them, I think, wicked and perverse. So the issue wasn't the, the faith or lack of faith of the little boy, it was the faith or lack of faith of the minister. Uh, and so I have seen that, I, it's not a guilt trip thing, but you know, I, I know that before I go out and minister somewhere, if it's a planned thing, and I really need to make sure I'm prayed up and fasting even and, and you know, just, not so much that I you know, have a message ready, but just so that I make sure I'm really focused on who my Lord is and who I am in Him. We're gonna take a break right now, but I want you to think about over the break, what are things that people can do to allow the Holy Spirit to use them more in this area of gifts of healing? We're gonna take a break right now, we'll be right back. Hello, my friends. I want to let you know about an exciting opportunity we're making available to you. As you know, here at Let's Go, we are all about God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things for His glory. We believe so strongly that God has a plan and a purpose for every person who believes in Jesus that we're offering a way to interact with you and help you fulfill your potential in Christ. That's right, the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on everyone, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit have been distributed to every believer. Many of you who are watching really want to be used by God. You have His fire burning in you, but many of you have so many questions and a few doubts and fears too. Everything we have done on this show has been to motivate and encourage you to overcome these fears and to find out what are your gifts, calling, and purpose so that you can be fruitful and effective in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what we're gonna do. We will be starting a series of monthly video conferences where we will encourage you, pray for you, and answer your questions. 
Our goal is to build your confidence that you really are a son or a daughter of God and that you have meaning and purpose in this life. We want to help you on your road to being discipled so that you will be an even greater blessing to others. We may even ask some of you to come with us on one of our mission trips. But the most important thing is that we help you overcome the obstacles to your service to the King wherever He calls you, and we believe these conferences will help get you there. Visit our website on the bottom of the screen for the time, the date, and the link for our next conference. We look forward to seeing you there. What are some things that we can do to prepare ourselves to be used more effectively and more consistently in the area of healing? Uh, in my experience, uh, the, the driver that really is almost unstoppable is great compassion on the part of the minister. Mm. Um, and, you know, I remember one time uh, early on, I was part of a team that was ministering at a, at a big stadium crusade. I wasn't the preacher, I was just part of the team uh, on the ground and uh, and my son was next to me and he was just a cocky little teenager back then and if he's watching I hope he knows you know, I, I, I hope he appreciates I said that but but he was willing and he was really wanting to pray but he was you know like a lot of skeptical people he was just kind of watching I don't know about all this Holy Ghost stuff and and so the people came forward there was just hundreds and hundreds of them and and so we're just kind of weaving through the people laying hands and praying for people and God's just doing stuff and um, and I mean, the presence of God was so tangible. I mean, you know, it was almost hard to stay standing erect. Um, I mean, God was really blessing these people. And when we got done, I was talking with him. So, Mike, what did the Lord do when you were ministering to people? And he says, well, not really a whole lot. But he says, but I, there was two times I saw God really move at the point where uh, people got healed and or slain in the spirit. And both times they were kids being held by their mom. And they were... And there was some kind of malady that really touched my son's heart. Mm. And when he focused in on what their need was and not his um, skepticism, you could say, or whatever other issue, you know, it's that laser focus of seeing somebody in pain and wanting to do what you can to help. And then you lay hands and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I mean, that's powerful. It's, it, there's hardly anything more important than love. Well, compassion as a word is wonderful because if you break it down in its original form, I mean, it's basically the word passio or passion means to suffer. Come means with. So the idea of to suffer with, it's that idea that we, not just coming alongside saying, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but there's a connection when we have compassion with people on a level that is more than our normal interaction with them. And I think that's an important part of it, don't you, that we need to to go with the Holy Spirit where he's taking us to really connect with where people's pain is. Yeah, absolutely, Darren. Um, you know, I, there's also the faith element that, you know, many people think that because they're, you know, they're not uh, some great faith healer that they don't have that power. But that's really not true because the same Holy Spirit that's in the great faith healer is in everybody who loves Jesus. And that there are no limits um, on what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us other than what we put on him, I think. And a lot of us culturally, in the church in particular, have been taught that, you know, it's the great faith healer's job to do that, it's the pastor's job to do that, it can never be my job to do that. 
But that is so wrong and it's completely contrary to what I believe God's plan for the church is. God wants to empower and equip everyone so that when some housewife who doesn't think she's anything but a housewife uh, goes and has a cup of coffee with her neighbor and the, cup of, and, the, and the neighbor starts complaining about some back pain or something, that she could just take her hand and say, let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. You know, And it's really not that hard or complicated. You know, it's just knowing that Jesus loves his kids so much, and but it's also knowing that we have been deputized to minister that healing to bring him glory. To bring him glory, to bring to help God's heart, who doesn't like to see his children suffer. I'm a dad. I don't like seeing my kids suffer. Well, I surely God surely doesn't want to see his kids suffer, even if they haven't been all that good. And that's another um interesting thing I've learned in my travels is that the people that you're ministering to don't even have to be saved. Right. You know, you think of Jesus's ministry, Darren, and most of those people, they may have believed in Jesus enough to, you know, believe that he could heal them, but believe he was the Messiah, believe that he should be the Lord of their lives. Maybe they didn't have that faith. I mean, you surely didn't see a whole lot of people there at the foot of the cross, even though he healed thousands and tens of thousands. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the love of God is so strong and powerful that he wants to see all of us, you know, put out of our misery in a good way. <laughs> so if you were to look at healing today in our midst, you would say that compassion is critical. We got to have compassion. What are some other things that we need to be doing to grow in this idea of being available for the gifts of healing to flow? Um, what I'm starting to allude to, identity. Uh, you gotta know who you are. You are a son and, and or daughter of the Most High God who has sent you on a mission to do in Jesus what he sent Jesus to do. And that is bring salvation to the planet, heal the sick, drive out demons, heal, cleanse lepers, uh, raise the dead, preach good news to the poor. I mean, that is part of our job description. It's, in fact, it's not even an option. Yeah, he didn't say pray for the sick. He said heal the sick. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, and that's another story for another day. But, the, but I, I make that distinction when I'm, you know, coaching people on how they can better minister healing uh, to whoever they're ministering to. Uh, yeah, you can pray for your, the sick in your room. You can even pray for your, uh, the sick in church. But there's ministry, there's the ministry of healing, in which case you just take an authority and oftentimes it's a demonic thing as well. And, you know, we see that mixed in the scripture. Some people think that, uh, well, driving out demons isn't healing. Well, it is it, scripturally. And many times our afflictions, not all the time, but many times our afflictions are caused by demonic forces. And, but we have authority over them in Jesus' name. And so in, this, in the same way, we can tell that deaf and dumb spirit to go and it'll go. And then a person will be able to talk and hear. I see you minister. I see you minister with a lot of authority. It's like you understand something that maybe somebody else doesn't about Jesus's authority in you. Can you speak to that for a moment and just help us better understand what do you mean when you say we've been given authority? Well, sure. Um, you know, you think of the Roman centurion who, uh, you know, wanted Jesus to heal his servant, but when Jesus says, I'll go heal him, and he says, no, no, I'm not worthy to receive you. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And he says, well, I'm a man under authority and I'm, a, you know, and I'm a man with authority. And I tell that one go and he goes and this one, you know, and somebody tells me to go and I go as well. And he knows the power of a command. He knows the power of a word. And 
And therefore, Jesus was amazed at his great faith. He, interesting that Jesus made an equivalence between the understanding of God's authority in healing with great faith. Mm. So authority is really important. But all it really is from a simple perspective is like, it's like God gave me and you his power of attorney to heal sick people. So I'm just the agent. He's the principal. He's the one that's commissioned it all. He's the one that makes it all happen. We're just the tools that he uses. So the outcome isn't on you. It's more about your willingness to really embrace what he's given you, to step out, obey, and leave the outcome to him. Yeah, I think it's, that's essentially correct. I mean, honestly, um, I, even though I've been involved in this ministry for a long time, it's still a mystery in some ways. I don't understand why there's times when somebody doesn't get healed. Sometimes I'm amazed that people do get healed. I, I, I can't figure all of it out. But I know that uh, God is definitely in the healing business. and There's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in a moment. Hello, my friends. I want to talk to you for a moment about a great need the Lord has put on my heart. Recently, I went to Poland, to Krakow, which is close to the border with Ukraine. I stayed with my good friend, Pastor Andrei Hlopkov, who is a Ukrainian that the Lord sent ahead of the war to Poland. He didn't realize that God was sending him there so that when the war started, he and his new church would be a center for help for the refugees fleeing the war. The church has now also become a center for distribution to send food, clothes, and even portable generators to our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. You know that here at Let's Go, we don't normally get involved in ministry like this. Instead, we are focused on sending ordinary people to share the life-giving Word of God. But there are times when God moves on our hearts to help in a more tangible way. Truthfully, my heart has been so burdened for the state of the widows and grandmothers in Ukraine since the war started. As winter approaches, I know that many people there will be freezing during the cold nights because of the lack of power in their homes. I want to do something about it, and I'm asking you to help. I have seen firsthand the work of Pastor Andre and Grace of Life Church. They have refugee homes, delivery vans, warehouses, all the tools they need to get warm clothes and power generators into Ukraine. They just need more money. So I'm asking you today to join with us in sending the money that our brothers and sisters there need to get through the winter. Go to our website on the screen and click on Donate and specify Ukrainian relief. Or you can send money directly to us with Cash App. I'm just so thankful for your participation with us in this ministry, and I promise you that every dollar that you give will go directly to assist with the plight of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. Thanks again. We're talking with Pastor Tony Nardella about healing. Now, you just got back from Europe, yes. where you were helping people to know how to be used in the gift of healing and other ministries. How does that work? What, what are you doing to help activate people in ministry? Oh, wow. We should do a whole episode on that, Darren. Okay. <laughs> we will. But, but I want to ask you, just in general, what do you see as, as the way, generally, just introduce it for us and how that works? A lot of what we do with what you call activating gifts is just ex helping people understand what the Bible says about who they are in Christ so that they will know that they have already been commissioned. Acts 2 makes it very clear 
that he will pour out in the end times, which we're in, that, that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, sons, daughters, old people, young people, rich people, poor people, it doesn't matter. All those classifications are in Acts 2. So God is making it very clear. It doesn't matter how unworthy or worthy you think you are. God's poured out a spirit on you, and that spirit wants to manifest through you many times in healing. That's excellent. We're going to take you up on that. We're going to do an episode on activation. But thank you for being here today, and thank you for helping us better understand how the gifts of healing and miracles operate, not only in the missions field, but everywhere we go by the grace of God. I want to encourage you as a viewer that maybe you're desiring as you hear us talking to say, how can I be used in this way? What can I do to grow in my understanding of these things? Well, if you go to our website at the bottom of the screen, you're going to find all kinds of resources that will help you. We have a YouTube channel where you can learn more about Heart of Titus Ministries and other ministries that we've worked with. There's also other articles and things that you can take advantage of. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter and hear all the stories that will inspire you to grow and you're being used of God in a mighty way. There's also an opportunity that if you have prayers, we'd be happy to pray with you about anything that is concerning you, and we can agree with you in Jesus' name. We also want to provide an opportunity for any of you that if you would pray about what God might have you do to help us continue to bring you this great content by making a financial investment, we'd be grateful. There's information at the bottom of the screen on that as well. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next episode of Let's Go.